Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning. Hey, do me a favor one more time. Can we just celebrate and say hi to everyone watching online this morning? Come on. Thank you for coming online if you're watching with us. And hey, if you are, uh, you have an iPhone, almost all of you have an iPhone or Android, come on, let's be real. Um, you got a phone, you got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, go ahead and just share the service right now, man. I think uh, you never know who is watching, you never know who's going to listen, you never know who needs to hear what's happening today, and if they couldn't make it, that doesn't mean they can't hear the message today. So if you love to share it, that would be great. Hey, stay standing, let's go ahead and jump into the message, yeah? Let's go ahead and jump right into the scripture I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. This is good stuff this morning, and I think it's just going to wave right into this service. Come on, it's going to be good. All right, Matthew chapter 3. It's on the screen. You can pull it up on your phone. Uh, You can pull it up on your Bibles. Matthew chapter 3, and it says this. It says, I baptize you with water for repentance. John, this is John, John the Baptist, speaking to the people who are questioning him about his baptism. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, he's talking about Jesus, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you. Everybody say baptize. Baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. God, I pray that you would continue to have your way this morning. Let me get out of the way. So that way, God, you can have your way. We love you. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Today, I'm excited to share that we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit as the one who baptizes. In particular today, we're going to have an entire morning where we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, for some of you who grew up in church, y'all know exactly what's about to go down today. For all you grew up in charismatic, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal church, where you were there from like 8 to 12, did lunch, and came back at 6 p.m., y'all know what's about to go down today. For some of you that are newer to church or newer to Christianity or newer to Jesus, you're like, okay, that sounds interesting. I've heard some things. Either way, I think it's going to be awesome. Some of you, I'm just going to be real, you wore the wrong makeup today, I'm just saying. You wore the wrong makeup today. I don't know, some of y'all, you might have came a little late, but as first service was walking out, just a lot of tears and a lot of people's faith, God was moving. And, and I think that's what happens, um, not just in the topic that we're going to talk about today, but I believe that that's what happens when we create space for God to move. I want to be a place. I want to be a people. I believe that God has called us to, to, to make space for God to move. And I was even sharing about this first service that Um, In particular, even this message, this type of conversation, this topic of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what it means to us as people who follow Jesus is so important to talk about and to preach about. And what what I've learned, though, is in in talking about it and, and talking to people about it and praying for people and preaching about it, it's more about getting out of the way than it is God anointing me or making me special. And, and it, it's not about that. It's more about God let me get out of the way so that way people can experience you and all that you have for them. 
I believe in this day and age more than ever, we don't need more anointed pastors. We don't need more anointed preachers. We don't need more anointed singers. We don't need bands that are better. We don't need lights that are better. Although all that's good, what we need is a people who are in love with Jesus and that follow him with everything. I believe that's what's going to change the world. That was the differentiator in the New Testament with the New Testament church. It wasn't that there was a specific someone who was anointed. No, it was that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit filled a random group of people. And when that spirit filled those people, that 120 people that were from different ages, different backgrounds, different uh, personalities, different economic statuses, different races, different, different all the stuff. It doesn't matter where they came from, but what happened was is normal, ordinary people who were filled with the Spirit of God, God began to use them to change the world. Why wouldn't it be different today then? Why, why, why would we try to change the model where it worked back then, it can work now? And I'm just excited because I have learned there's one thing when a church service is powerful, when a church service is good, when a church service is off the hook, when the music hits right, it's another thing when someone begins to discover that they can take all that happened in the church service with them in their house, with their family, at their job, on their commute, when their school, wherever they go, because what made the service powerful wasn't talented, gifted people, but it was a person named the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, when he moves, things begin to shift and change and transform, and we begin to realize that that same Holy Ghost that you and I maybe encounter at a church service on a Sunday wants to be with us every single day of the week. Today, I want to talk to you about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not as something we want, we, we, we want to get because we want to result in something. This isn't about just maybe speaking in tongues. This isn't about becoming gifted. No, this is about God desiring us and us desiring God. Us desiring God and God desiring us. And so let me just kind of break down the passage a little bit. I got a few points and then I'm going to get out of the way. Cool? All right. Here you have the Bible says John the Baptist is baptizing thousands of people. Now, now John the Baptist is like next level. John the Baptist is like a real biblical gangster. I'm just saying. John the Baptist is out here in these streets. He's just baptizing people in this nasty river called the Jordan. He's eating locusts on Tuesdays. Like that's his tacos. You know what I'm saying? He's, he, he's eating wild honey. He's fasted for years. He got dreads like he used to live in the Bay Area. You know what I'm saying? Like John the Baptist is just wild and out, loving people, showing people the kingdom. That's John the Baptist. John the Baptist is massively influential. John the Baptist, Jesus says, is the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Can you believe that? This is John the Baptist. And the Bible says that people started questioning John the Baptist because of the baptism he was giving. And, Jesus, and, and the people are asking John, what is this? Why does this matter? Da, 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 right? They're asking him if he's even the Christ in Matthew chapter 3. And John the Baptist says, no. What I do is I baptize you in water. What I do is I'm baptizing you for repentance. Meaning what I'm doing is I'm baptizing you to get you ready for what's to come. Because the one that's coming, guys, I can't even put the shoes on his feet. I'm not worthy. The one who's coming will change everything. And the one who's coming, he, I baptize in water. That's what John's saying. I baptize in water. But the one who's coming, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And he will baptize you in fire. Now, 
in the Old Testament, just, just to kind of explain, which leads me to my first point, which is this, is that was what was for a few is now for everyone. I want you to understand that in the Old Testament, the way it used to work is that the Holy Spirit was not accessible like he is today. And I think we've talked about this a little bit. I shared about this a little bit in our January series we did on our theme, Welcome Home, where we were talking about the presence of God. And so I'm just going to give a little bit of a recap because I think it helps with context for the message. In the Old Testament, the way it would work is there was a temple. And in this temple, there were different parts of the temple. And the last deepest part of the temple, there was a curtain. And this curtain separated the presence of God from everyone else. This curtain was 30 feet high and about four feet thick. Okay? Four feet thick. That's insane. And what it would do is it would separate the people because in the Old Testament, if people would experience the presence of God without the redemption of sin through the blood of Jesus and they were unholy, they would immediately die. Once a year, only chosen people were allowed to be in the presence of God. And I think I've shared with you this before, but just to reiterate, they would put a bell and a rope around their waist. They would walk in with that bell and rope. A priest outside of the curtain would wait as the other priests went in the curtain. They would shake it seven times. And on the seventh time, if there wasn't a shake back, they had to pull the body out of the Holy of Holies. That's how intense the presence of God is. Now, what you need to understand is that the same presence of God that was that intense in the Old Testament is the same presence of God you just felt right now during worship a little while ago. In the Old Testament, what you had was a very strict process because of humanity's sin that separated us from God. Yet, it foreshadowed that there was a hope, that there was going to be someone who was going to tear that veil there was going to be someone that was going to give us access. Because in the beginning, what you have in Genesis is the presence of God with God and man, complete union in relationship. Sin severed that. There was a system that was created because humanity couldn't handle it. And the only way that God was going to redeem that relationship with humanity was through the dying of himself. Someone had to pay for our sin. We couldn't pay for it ourselves. It was a man named Jesus who died on the cross, resurrected on the third day. And this is what happened. The Bible says that on that day he died, the veil was torn 30 feet high, four foot thick. The veil was torn from top to bottom, so that no longer are only special people allowed in the presence of God. No longer is it just anointed people in the presence of God. No longer is it chosen people in the presence of God, but rather in the New Testament, what you find is that now anyone who wants Jesus can get him. Anyone who wants the Holy Spirit can get him. John the Baptist tells this group of individuals who are questioning him, they say, aren't you the Christ? And John responds by this, and he says, nope, I'm not. I'm not worthy to even put the shoes on his feet. And he will come, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Now, I want you to understand this. This is where I want to kind of connect the dots a little. If you were back then, and I think it's a very similar conversation when we talk about the Holy Spirit today. If you were back then hearing John talk about it, you would begin to say, man, John is crazy. We can't, we can't have the Holy Spirit. There's no way we can have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's at the temple. He's, a, he's, he's in the covenant, in the Ark of the Covenant. He's in the box. Because in the Old Testament, the presence of God was literally in a box. It's in the box. 
We can't have that. We don't have access to the box. We're not a priest. You have access to the box. You're a prophet, but we don't have access to the box. And John is saying, guys, you, there's one coming who's going to make a way where there is no way. There's one coming who's going to give you permission to have the Holy Spirit. And so, so, so why, why I say it connects to us today is it's the same conversation when I talk to people today when I tell them that God wants to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and what begins to happen is the questions, the doubt, the unbelief begins to settle in. And next thing you know, you begin to disqualify yourself for something that you weren't even qualified for. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit, God wants to give you his spirit, not because you earned it, but because he loves you. Can I tell you, you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, and yet he still wants to be close to you. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit is a gift from God sent by the Father through the Son being Jesus. And what the baptism of the Holy Spirit means in the same way that John was baptizing people in water. The same way that someone would go into that water as someone old and come out of that water someone new. is the same way that in your heart, not physical fire, but a spiritual fire, an invisible fire, a burning after God. He would begin to consume and immerse all of us. Why? Because that's what he died for. He didn't die for some of you. He died for all of you. I say that a lot, and I'll keep saying it. Family, I am not interested in you going to a church that makes you feel better about yourself. I'm interested in being a church and preaching a gospel that leads you closer to a deeper, authentic relationship with Jesus. I want you to make it. I want you to follow God. I want this thing to become real. I don't want Christianity to be a Sunday thing that you check off your box because it just made you feel good so that way you can get through your week. No. Can I tell you? that God died for something better than that. God died so that way the Holy Spirit can be in your life, through your life, around your life, so that way you can be within every single day. He wants all of you because he died for all of you because he knows that his desire is to be with you. Moses, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joshua, are watching us today, wishing they lived in the day that we lived in. Because we have access to something they didn't, and his name's the Holy Ghost. So what once was a few is now for everyone. And what I don't want to do is begin to have a Holy Spirit theological conversation to try to prove specific scripture and passages when the crux of the matter is this, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not about needing God, it's about wanting God. Which leads me to my second point, which is this. We want him because he wanted us. And listen, I, I'm, I understand this, and, and, and I think we all understand this. How many of you know we all need Jesus? Come on. Yeah, we all need them. We all need them. It's true. I need them. You need them. We all need them. Um, here's what I've learned, though. When I get to the place of not just needing God, but wanting God, I'm maturing in my spirituality. Yeah? Because, come on, humans, peoples, friends, we're notorious for waiting till the last minute to need something. We're, we're notor- we wait till we are, like, super fat then to get in shape. Come on. Come on, right? Like, and if you're a little overweight, I, I love you. I'm just saying, we just wait. We wait till that. We wait till we're super out of shape. 
We wait till our marriage is super bad before we start asking for help. We wait for uh, whatever's happening with our health spiritually to begin to start asking for help. We are notorious for waiting till the last minute. It's as if like we are gonna walk off a cliff and we are just hanging on by one foot. Uh, don't worry, I won't fall. And we are just like, I'm, I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting. Okay, help me. And, 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 and if I could tell you, I think God honors that. So I'm not gonna neglect that God is okay with us needing him. I, I think it's okay that when something is not going the way it's supposed to, there's a trigger in you internally to begin to change and transform your life. I think that that's how you were designed and you were made. However, can I tell you that God did not just die so you can need him, but God died so you could want him. Yeah. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with needing the Holy Spirit. It has everything to do with your passion and your desire to want him. And can I tell you, the only reason why you want him is because he wants you. First John 4 says this, we love him because he first loved us. You can say the same thing in this context then. We want him because he wants us. And I want to get to the place in my life where I am more passionate about Jesus than anything else. Because family, let's also be real. We fall in love with stupid stuff. Okay? Not, let, I'm not even talking about sin. That's obvious. That's like, like, let's just talk about dumb things. Like sports. Like, okay, they're fun. Praying for the Warriors today, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying y'all better get that W because they're ready to light the beam, y'all. I'm just saying. I've been praying for Pastor Matt all week. He almost had like an anxiety attack this week when they went three and three. Sports, and, and, and that's the thing. When I say dumb things, I mean things that don't have an eternal influence or impact. Okay. On another side, I believe God has called us to enjoy life. I think it's awesome that you're a hardcore warrior fan. I think it's awesome you're a hardcore Raider fan. We'll pray for you, but it's awesome. Cowboys, whatever basketball team, whatever, whatever, right? Whatever you're into. I know me, I'll be honest, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm into some things that you wouldn't be into. Like, don't go to my house. Don't go to my house. You'd be shocked how normal I am. Like, I'm not, I'm not praying all day long. I'm not calling down heaven. I'm not fasting for 33 days in the wilderness. No, I have a really nice house that has air conditioning and I got everything in a specific way and I'm super OCD. Pray for my wife. I feel so bad for her. I like collecting sneakers, that's fun. You like boats, cool. You like fishing, cool. You like cars, cool. It's okay to like things. My point is, as humans, we tend to like things more than we love God. We have to get to the place where all the things that are fun in life, which is awesome, it's cool, it's not a bad thing, but when those things aren't just enjoyments that God has graciously given us because he loves us, become idols of obsession, and next thing you know, our life is determined not based around and centered in Jesus, but it's based around when the Raiders or the Niners play on a Sunday. When a sports team, we can't go to group because they're in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you serious? I can't go help serve the poor or the homeless or the needy because I was supposed to go fishing that day. When our hobbies become idols 
And next thing you know, and, and, and I know I'm speaking in extremes, but can I tell you in this day and age, what you don't need is some comfortable, convenient Christianity. You need some radical Christianity in your life because it's the only way you're going to make it. Jesus calls people in the Gospels to leave everything and follow him. I'm telling you right now, Peter, John, James, they had some pretty dope hobbies. And he says, no, follow me. Doesn't mean you can't still do your hobbies, but I'm first. I'm first. And family, to get to the place where we would make God first means we have to want him. We can't want things he gives us. We can't want things he can do for us. Family, we have to want him. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is all about wanting him. It's all about desiring him. Secondly, I love this. You got to understand the baptism of the Holy Ghost means that there's more than just salvation. I don't want to live a life that's just okay with being saved. I got the golden ticket to heaven. I know I'm going to make it and I'm done. Family, there must be more to this thing. There must be. And so me personally, right, I got all the things that I have in my life and I love these things and these things are great, but I got to make sure that they don't take precedent over my passion and desire for Jesus. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Father wants us. It is his number one passion and desire. We are his number one passion and desire. He wants a real relationship with us. He cares so much about us. He stops heaven and hell and earth for us to make sure that we know him, to be in our life. He is moving and he is working. And so I just want to focus on God the way God focuses on me that's all that's what baptism is about it's allowing ourselves to be consumed by the Holy Spirit it's giving him our heart our life our everything so that he can have all of us I said this a few weeks ago when we were in the high school um, but I know some people weren't there because the chairs were bad I'm, I'm pausing on purpose to let God convict you when you were in the high school. <laughs> Pastor Ron's like, get him. <laughs> no, no, no. Love what John Tyson says. John Tyson says, Pastor out of New York, he comes where he's wanted. Have you ever wondered why God doesn't show up to places? It's probably because he's not wanted. Samuel Chadwick says this. He says, the new thing, he's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The new thing is not in the wind and the fire or the gift of tongues, but in the possession of the Spirit by which for the good of all. It's not about what you get. It's about finding him. And family, I want to live a life where I find him. I want to speak to the person. Maybe you're new here and this is super weird and you never thought you'd have a conversation at church about this random thing called the Holy Spirit you can't see and can't feel and you don't even believe. I'm really glad you're here. Come back next week, okay? But for the people in here that would say they're trying to follow Jesus and disciples, I want to speak to you for a minute. We have to get to the place where God is no longer the last resort of what we need but the thing we want with our whole life. And I'm never going to be a pastor that's going to allow you to have convenient Christianity be the thing. If you're going to Try to fit Jesus in your schedule. It's never going to work because he's not going to fit in a box. 
But you need to allow him to be the center of your schedule. You need to allow him to be the center of your life. And that's what baptism is. It's saying, I'm going to let my heart be immersed in fire. I'm going to let my heart be immersed in him. I'm going to let my heart, my life, my mind, my body be immersed in the presence of God. Because immersion is the aftermath of surrender. So how do we do it? Family, how do we allow ourselves to be consumed by God? How do we allow ourselves to be immersed by God? It's simple. It's surrender. Let's just pick on collectors for a little bit longer, and I'm one of them, so that's okay. What you find is what you surrender to, you will be immersed in. Someone didn't get it. I'm going to go to side. I'm going to go to side. What, what you surrender to, you will be immersed in. Yeah? Okay, so, so something small, like sports, your time, your money, your energy, your effort. You are surrendering parts of yourself. Therefore, you are being engulfed in the thing you're surrendering. Very basic. Now let's get deeper. If you allow yourself to surrender to fear, next thing you know, you are immersed in fear and you are a fearful person instead of a person that is a child of God. Right, the Bible says that you shouldn't have a spirit of fear, but of love and peace and sound mind in the kingdom through the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Therefore, fear is not your friend. When you make it your friend, it's because you've given it permission. You have allowed yourself to surrender to something you shouldn't have surrendered to. And when you surrender to it, when you give something power that it shouldn't have, you begin to get immersed in it. And the problem with people, me, us, is we surrender to the wrong things. Instead of surrendering to God, we surrender to the things that we think will fill our hearts. And they never do, do they? See, the interesting thing about surrendering is that when you surrender, you're letting things go. And there comes an emptiness when you let things go. So for some of you, are like, man, I don't want to surrender. Yeah, it's because you're so used to being stuck with the filth, you don't want to feel empty. The promise of Jesus is that you're never empty when you have him. And so the process of surrender is hard. The process of surrender hurts. The process of surrender requires humility and, and, and brokenness before God and, and just saying, God, I'm just going to give this to you. And, and it can be little things. Like I remember when I first got saved, man. I remember when I first got saved, I was, I'm a Raider fan. I'm just going to be on it. Look, I'm wearing black and white. It is what it is. I was a huge Raider fan. My father was actually a big Raider fan. But let's be real. The Raiders, we were trash. So I grew up in L.A., and the Raiders were so trash, they wouldn't even play the games on TV. Okay? Some of you Raider fans, I know I'm triggering all sorts of things. It's okay. It's okay. So I was such a Raider fan that I would listen to it on my little radio, the games. I was like 12 years old, 10, 11, 12 years old, listening to the games. And I'll tell you right now, I had the biggest shrine of Raider stuff. I had all sorts of old school carts, football sign. I was a good student. So my grandma and my Nina would bribe me with Raider stuff. I had a great childhood. And then I got saved. And I remember my pastor said, church is on Sundays. I went to like a Friday night first. Because that's what you do when you first get saved. You don't even know anything about anything. You just go to things. And I remember my pastor said, okay, we'll see you on Sunday. And I was like, I can't be here on Sunday. I got a Raider game to listen to. I was 12. I have to go into my room with my shrine. And I got to go hang out. Because in my heart, as my dad who was in prison, because my dad was in and out of my life, 
because he was a big Raider fan, I became a Raider fan, not because I loved the Raiders, but it was my way of connecting with him while he was away. It was a trigger to the abandonment of my heart. And I remember my pastor saying, the Raiders will never fill your heart the way Jesus can. He didn't know why I was a Raider fan. And I remember going home and asking the Lord, Jesus, right? I just got saved. Jesus, do I need to go to church? And he goes, yes. <laughs> like, no question. Yes. And I remember going to church. I remember going home, boxing up all my Raider gear, putting it in a closet somewhere, and to this day, following Jesus. Now, I know that sounds dumb. I know that sounds little. I know that sounds like it's not a big deal. But to anyone who's ever had an idol in your life, you know what it means to let go and surrender. Okay, this is Raider stuff. It's not that big of a deal. Let's talk about when your dad left you. Let's talk about when your mom abandoned you. Let's talk about that spouse that hurt you. Let's talk about that time you even hurt yourself. And family cannot tell you that if you continue to hold on to that stuff, you're not making room for the Holy Ghost. you got to learn to surrender. And when you surrender things to him, the response is you're immersed in him. How do we get baptized in the Holy Ghost? How do we let God have all of our heart? First, we got to let go. We got to let go. I use the dumb, simple analogy but it's deeper than that. You have something that's deeper than that. You know the thing that you are not letting God have your heart with. So baptism has nothing to do with wanting to get something. No, no. Baptism in the Holy Ghost has everything to do with wanting him. Because it's a decision that you're saying, I am going to immerse myself in the same way that I saw that person baptized in water. I am going to immerse myself in the fire and the presence of God. So, we're going to close right now. I'm going to get out of the way. Let me give you five steps. Ready? Five steps. I didn't do this first service, but I feel it's needed. Let me give you five steps to the Holy Spirit and to baptism to saying, God, I want to be baptized. And can I tell you right now, just make the decision. Okay? Like, don't overcomplicate it. It's just like when you go to Starbucks or you go to a coffee shop or you go to a restaurant and you order something off the menu, just say, yep, I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want them. Right now, even there's certain things that are running through your mind, shut those down. Do you want them or not? Do you want them or not? And I believe that the potential of that question the potential of that question doesn't just make a good church service on Sunday, but it can change your life forever. I believe it makes Christianity real. I believe it makes heaven invade earth. I believe God begins to move in a powerful way in your life. And so all you got to do is five things. Ready? Number one, you got to confess Jesus is Lord. Obviously, you don't want the Holy Spirit if you don't want Jesus. So you got to kind of do that first. That's probably a good idea, right? So confession, confession of Jesus I confess that Jesus is Lord. Number two, you just repentance of sin. You got to say sorry for the things you did. We talk about repentance a lot here. It's not something new. You got to repent for the things that you did. You got to allow God to begin to clean your heart out. Number three, holistic surrender. Your body, soul, and spirit. You begin to say, you know what? I'm going to give everything to God, not just some of it. Number four, this is the part that we're going to do today. Hopefully you did the first three. If you didn't, we'll do that in a minute. Number four, asking of the Holy Ghost. You don't get to earn him. You just ask for him and he comes. You just ask and you say, Holy Spirit, that you would come in my life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would baptize me. And then number five, find someone else to pray for you so that God could begin to fill you. Now here's what begins to happen. It's between step 
three, four, and five, we complicate it. And the only reason we complicate it is because we don't want to surrender. Family, this conversation is not a matter of intellectual knowledge. Family, I'm talking to your heart today. I have two questions for you. The first is that have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Maybe you have never been. Would love to do that with you today. It's a simple decision. Just like coming to church. Number two, though, I think is really important. Is there an area in my life that I need to let the Holy Spirit in? That's the surrender question. What's the parts of your heart that you don't let God in the room? What's the closets you don't let him in? What's the rooms you don't let him in? God, you can have my job and you can have my kids, right? We always give God our kids, let's be real. We joke about that a lot. I remember Pastor Eric used to joke about that all the time, right? Easy to give God your kids, but man, I don't give God this part. Or I don't give God this part. And baptism, Holy Spirit, is saying, God, you can have all of me. Not saying you're going to be perfect, but you can have all of me. You can have all of me. You can consume all of me. You know what fire does? Throw something in fire and try to save it. Yeah, right. Looking dumb out here, just throwing things in a bonfire and trying to save like a little piece. That's what we do when we're saying, God, have all of me, but you really don't mean it. Fire consumes, family. Fire takes over. Fire ignites. Fire brings passion. God wants to light your heart on fire. God needs your heart to be lit on fire so you can make it in this day and age. God wants to light your heart. I believe that the world is looking for a Christianity that is on fire. That God is, that, that people, your friends, your family, your neighbors are looking for something that's different. And yeah, you might speak in tongues. Dope. I love it. Maybe you don't speak in tongues. That's okay. God will give it to you when he wants. You fall on the floor. Dope. You don't. Still dope. We get so caught up, right? Especially us old school Pentecostals. We get so caught up on the action. We're not, we're not addressing the heart thing. The heart thing is this. Am I filled with the Spirit? Am I consumed by the Spirit? Is my passion God or something else? Is my passion Jesus or something else? Is my passion the Holy Ghost or is it something else? Have I allowed everything else to have more passion in my life than Jesus? Have I allowed God to only have a small little piece? Or God is asking of us today, can you give me all of you? Because when you give me all of you, I promise everything will change and I promise all the holes in your heart will be filled. I promise everything will be different. I promise that you're not going to feel alone anymore. I promise you're not going to feel abandoned anymore. I I promise I'm going to walk you through the things that you think you can't get through. I promise I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to walk you through this thing that you think you have no hope for. I'm going to love you more than anyone else has ever loved you. But you got to give me all of you. You got to give me all of your heart. I can't just work with the pieces. I got to work with all of it. And family, it doesn't matter if you got baptized in the Holy Ghost 12 years ago at some youth camp. God wants to fill you today. The Bible's very clear on this. That continual filling of the Spirit. I want to want Him. Oh, I want to want Him. I want to want Him in my life. I don't want to want Him because I'm a pastor and I want to be a good ministry leader. No, I want to want Him because it's Him. I want to want Him. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit's all about. Stand your feet with me.
Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.